what it is, what it was, and we're back. It's the one and only, and I'm joined today by the one with the incomparable Ron Killings, AKR Truth. How are you feeling today? Bro, I'm good. How about you? Doing good, man. Look, I got to tell you, man, I've been a fan of yours for so long, man. Ever since you've been part of the Harlem Heat, you know, that was like, uh, you know, the, some of my favorite memories whenever you Vega. were- What? You know, damn well, I ain't been part of no damn Harlem Heat, bro. Yeah, you were. You and Stevie Ray. That was Booker T. Bro, okay, you, you one of them. You want to know. So me, Book, and Kofi so look alike. Five, you're not the five? five I'm not the five time, five time, five time, five time. I thought you were the five time. You know I'm not. Come on, bro. Come on, Vega. Yo, it's the one and only, and we're back. Man, today I'm joined by family. Someone that I've known for a minute. He's, man, arguably one of the greatest to ever do what he does. He's a living legend. He's an all-around entertainer. Some of y'all might know him as... Hey, quick, some of, my, some of you might know him as R-Truth. I know him as Ron Killings, the one and only, and he is here on Nothing Beats Experience. How you doing today, brother? Damn, baby, that was a hell of an intro, dog. Man, I freestyle everything I do. I was a little, you know, a little nah, rusty. Nah, but still, though, but we go back, though, dog. Yeah, man, you know, gotta do, gotta do it right. Gotta do it right. Gotta show you your, your respect, brother. I will say you've been um, a big booster, big supporter, man, since um, I've been trying to get this music thing off the ground. You've been, yeah. you been there, dog. You've been putting in work for me. Man, I got to, man. You know, I, I, you know, the thing is, like, you know, I fuck with what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing. You know, you're, you're, not, you're, you're an amazing entertainer. It goes without saying. Dog. You've been a, an amazing entertainer for over 20 plus years in the world of sports entertainment. Right. Uh, but as many people know, and it's been well documented, it started with music. It started with music. All of it started with music. There would be no R-Truth. There would be no K-Quick. There would be no version of you whatsoever had it not been for the music. For the music. So, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that. Yeah, dog, I got into wrestling because of my music. Um, I met Jack Crockett in a halfway house. In a halfway house? Yeah. Now, how many motherfuckers you think gonna like really believe you or uh, believe in you in a halfway house? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, me and some deputies had a plan. Uh, they saw my pictures with Tupac and Easy and um, Sinbad and Kwame. And they're like, oh, man, you don't belong in here. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Woo, woo. Well, the idea was for them to find somebody that had money, that got locked up to have money, and they was going to invest in my music career, then I become this big rap star, and they could be my own personal security. Yeah. That's what the plan was, dog. Legit, straight the fuck up. Yeah. Well, they ran into Jack Crockett because I was in there like being myself, doing my shit. You know what I'm saying for the inmates, entertaining them, whether I was goddamn like flipping or lifting weights or doing raps or telling jokes. They were watching me do my shit. Crockett was watching as well. I didn't know this. Well. The deputies talked to him, dog, and um, they, he asked to meet me. He and I talked a couple of times, and he said, when you get out, I'm going to give you a job. I thought the mother woman cut his grass. <laughs> I did, dog, you know what I'm saying? But um, six months later, I got out. He was already out. I got out. I called him. He came and picked me up at my mom's house. And uh, I told him my vision, man. I told him I wanted to become this big rap star to where I can, like, you know, be this guy. And Deputy Carr and Deputy Monroe, I said, I'm making my personal security, and he put hit the brakes. He's like, look, you ever thought about professional wrestling? That was the first time I ever heard that. And I'm like, I used to watch that shit. You know what I'm saying? I used to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never thought about being in it, whatever. He said, well, I'm offering you an opportunity. This is before Harlem Heat was big, big. Yeah. He wanted me to be their manager. He's like, um, if you do this, you have an opportunity to like make your own money, invest in yourself and do your own thing. He said, also, you have an audience already built in. You won't have to ask somebody else for nothing. Mm. Dog, I turned him down for two years. Wow, two years. I wasn't mature. I didn't grow up yet, man. And uh, I turned them down. 
And this is when I was hitting that brick wall, hitting that brick wall, in and out of jail, getting charges, uh, concealed weapon charges, drug charges, just like hit that shit, bro. And I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. And um, at that point in my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something. I didn't want to, I didn't want to keep going the route I was going. So I gave him a call and I was a willing vessel there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, whatever it is I need to do, man, I said, I'll do it. He said, this one cost you number time and dedication. He said, I pay for everything. You don't have to worry about doing nothing else. He wow. said, all that, all that shit you were doing in jail, we're gonna put it on the screen. And he took me to three WCW shows in Atlanta, Georgia. And Ric Flair's music hit, and Crockett was sitting beside me because at this time he had done sold WCW to Ted Turner. And he was senior cameraman. Ric Flair's music hit, man, and you could feel the energy in that fucking arena. Wow. He said, imagine this being your rap concert. He said, now imagine you coming down, dancing, you coming down, dancing, you get in the ring, you can fight. All those dance moves you're doing in jail, you can do those in the ring, you can fight. He said, you can mix all that. He said, you'll make your own empire. He said, you'll have an audience that's already there for you. Mm. Bruh, and I did it, man. I uh, went from being a manager to, to learning how to put a ring together um, to becoming a wrestler to where I was the first dude that's on the independence rapping to the ring, you know what I'm saying? Rapping, dancing, do my thing, man, to where I did indies for maybe four years. Some guys made a tape for me, sent it to Vince. Vince called me maybe like two weeks later. I was flowing up and I was signed, dog. And that was it. Wow, the rest is history. The rest is history, bro. Let me ask you something, though, because I don't think I've ever actually asked you. How did the love for music start? Where did it start? What made you want to rap? Like, what was it that, you know, how did you get bit by that bug? Oh, bro, I bit by the music bug way back. I was doing Jack the Rappers, man. Like, yeah. music was my thing. I think I was like 13. Will Smith came out with Girls Ain't Number Trouble. Yeah. Um, all the way down from um, to the hip, hop, hip to the hip, to the hip. I've been a rap fan for years. Yeah. But I think when Hammer came out, man, is when I was like, you know what? I'm finna put all of what I do into music. I'm finna put all of all. The love was there. My dad was a guitar player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We stayed in church, so music was always a part of my family. And so the love for music was just always in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just never, I guess, matured, never um, exploited, or never, you know what I'm saying, gravitated to that higher level yet. I think over a period of time, period of experiences, uh, good and bad, and when I got with the wrestling business, man, and the wrestling audience accepted that new sound, that new visual look, that new, I was doing my rap shit then. Yeah, and then I think once you started rapping, you you were also able to start performing, right? Like once you kind of got your your career actually going. What, by the way, before I go any further, what was your first rap name? <laughs> no, my first rap name was uh, I was damn, dog, crazy ass. I was in school and I was trying to come up with a rap name, and a friend of mine wrote my last name's Killings. A friend of mine wrote K on there, and he said Crush, mm. and that was my first rap name I ever had. K Crush. And I used that rap name for when I first got into wrestling. If you go back, I got, uh, when I first started wrestling, I had the airbrush all the way down, yeah. the K Crush, all that. That was my rap name. I just mm. wanted to keep that name branded in people's eyes and, and mind. But K Crush was the first rap name. Even when I was opening shows for Tracy Spencer, Chub Rock, uh, Digital Underground way back then. I yeah, was, I was gonna ask you, how did that start? Like, how did your performance career start and the music, was it just, you grinding no, and you just kind of meeting promoters or what was it? Um, promoters back then, man, we had uh, we had some, a couple of promoters back then that I fucked with. But uh, Sean Marshall and Ron would take us to the Jack the Rappers convention. We had our own little clique, man, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he's the one that turned me on to 
the Jack the Rapper convention, you know what I'm saying? The cassette tapes, man, you know what I'm saying? Put your music down on that, go to Atlanta, go to DC, go to VA and get put on. You know, you have people listen to your music, critique you, grade you. So a lot of artists get signed, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that was the route back then that everybody was going. I was going that same route. Uh, through that, I met promoters. Um, I was able to do uh, be a show opener for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But like I told you, while experiencing that, but I was getting jammed up everywhere, everywhere but loose. You know what mm, I'm saying? Got you. Who are some of the artists that you would say that impacted you and influenced you in regards to the music? All of them, bro. My style of music, man, it, my range goes far. I got country songs, But, but who was songs. the guy that you made you go, you know what? That made me fall in love with hip hop. There had to be a one artist or one, like, one guy that Way you Way back when I first started? Yeah. Shit, man. Uh -huh. You strike me as an LL Cool J kind of guy. LL is hard. For and sure. a huge fan of mine. Shout out to L. <laughs> um, L. I would say L. LL made me go buy a big radio, man. Um, Remember the Rock Kim? When I heard Rock the Bells, dog. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That was like, um, I thought I was LL at one time. I did, dog. I thought I was you. Um, <laughs> Rock Kim, every Rock Kim? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I, if you want me to start naming them like KRS One and yeah. Big Daddy Kane, and you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys that laid the foundation. A lot of guys, all the foundation layers, man, I, I respect to the utmost, man. A lot of them I've met. Back over the years, DMC man, they were huge wrestling fan. Yeah, man. I was gonna ask you: Is there any guys that you've met that you know you admired and respected on the music side that later on want to be big right. fans of yes, the pro man. wrestling or what you do or some of the guys that you've met maybe at an event? A lot of man, I met Wiz, me and Wiz cool. Um, but DMC, I met L. We was at a, um, I think I did New Year's Eve special, twenty four seven special, and um, met L and Steve Hardy. Steve Harvey never knew they were wrestling fans. Mm. And uh, when I seen L, I asked the lady, she said, uh, a lot of people were following him, following him. And I was like, who's that? They was like, that's L, he's going to the set to uh, rehearse. And they saw my face, they were like, you want to meet him? And I was like, damn, I don't want to bother him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nah, come on, you, you can go meet him. And we actually walked for a while, and I'm like, I feel like we stalking him and shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I said, this dude's going to get pissed the hell off. And bro, we followed him and followed him, and when we got to where his set was, and somehow he turned around and he saw me, and his head went like that. And when he did that, bro, I'm getting the chills now talking about that. Man. Bro, from LL Cool J. Yeah. That well, was... well, but that just goes to show how far you've, you've taken this because, you know, you talked about the hardships that you experienced early on in your life and, and, and just kind of like how you were hitting these brick walls and eventually you found pro wrestling, a, a form of entertainment, a way to collide these worlds of you being a musician and you also being now an entertainer, a pro wrestler. Connecting the dots. Man, putting it all together. So what are some of the hardships that you did experience coming into the business in terms of pro wrestling? Because, you know, it could be very territorial. You know, they see a new guy coming in, as they like to say, you're the new shiny toy that comes in, and all of a sudden it's like you have some of the guys that are holding on to their spot. Did you experience any of that? Or did you um, have some good mentors <laughs> that put their arm around you and said, you know what? You got uh, I, I did have, maybe sprinkly here and there, but like Manny Fernandez trained me. And when he trained me, he said, I'm gonna teach you how to take care of yourself first, then I teach you how to wrestle. So I really never had nobody do nothing stiff me or do nothing, no bullshit like that. Um, you gotta remember, I came in with the support and the backing of Jack Crockett. Everybody knew who he was, yeah. I didn't. I was the one that was like, <laughs> dude, do you know who you're worth? You know what I'm like, my, uh, one of my friends, dog, that, that took me around and showed me the ropes of wrestling, he passed this year, man. Um, Antonio, bro, when he told me about Crockett and Crockett's history 
And he pretty much laid out the blueprint. He's like, dude, the dude you were with, he did this. His brothers did that. They're the ones that brought wrestling to the South. Whatever he's telling you to do, bro, just do it. You say you ready to do, do something different, just do that. I'll take you to all your shows. You ain't got to pay me nothing. If you just help me with gas money. And that's how it was, though. That was pretty much it. With, with, once I had that Crockett stamp behind me, yeah. everybody was like willing to show me and, hey, man, let me teach you this right here. Hey, won't you use that? Everybody was like, it was open arm circus for me, though. You've mentioned Crockett a few times in this interview now. Goes without saying, but I just kind of want to hear you say it on camera. What has he meant to you in your career oh, in man. general, just in your life? I wouldn't be here. Pretty much, straight, straight to the point, dog. I wouldn't be here. I, um, I call him my, um, my ram in the bush. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was at that time when I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, like I said. And uh, I think as humans, we all get to that motherfucking point where, yeah. like, when you get tired of the bullshit, you want some, you want to smell some new shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you want to break the monotony if you really want to. You know what I'm saying? And he was there for me, dog. Um, and it's me changing course, changing path, doing something different to get to where the fuck I want to get to. Yeah. I'm here now. And and my shit is like matured. My shit is, is fucking, it's hard. It, it's, it's better than a lot of regular rappers you hear out here. And yeah. I said regular rapper for the fact that a lot of people think, oh, he's a rapper, it's a gimmick. Is that? No, I'm a fucking rapper first. Yeah. I'm a rapper wrestler. I got a lot of people saying now, nah, my favorite wrestler is my favorite rapper. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think that a big part of that is because you know there's a stigma that comes along with professional athletes that try oh, to do course. music. Of course. But there has been some successful artists that, you know, that are also athletes. And, right. But it's just, sometimes it does come off like- Far in between. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I don't know, Iverson got to CD out, you know, or whatever the fuck it was at one point, you know what I mean? Like, Kobe Bryant had a CD out. But, you know, I hear what you're doing, and I hear the production levels. Yeah. Like, I know that you're actually putting effort into what you're doing, and it shows. And, and, it, and you can tell by the sounds and right. the visuals. So I think there's something to be said. But, you know, obviously having this global platform with WWE and, and, and you know, having a lot of TV time, people know you. Worldwide. People know you, man, you got numbers across the board on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You have a huge following and people, you know, I think as time has gone on, I feel with you, it's so interesting because you've been one of the guys that's been consistently not, you know, you've been a consistent entertainer for years. You've had some of the greatest moments in professional wrestling with the 24-7 segments, obviously like a few years ago, you know, I think you were like the highest viewed Oh yeah, like uh, oh, man, 16 to 20 something million views a week. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I, it, but you gotta remember how deep in your career you are and you're having that type of success. Yeah. You don't see that often, you know? You've shared the ring with John Cena and The Rock. You know, you you worked that program with The Miz, you know? And, yeah. You know, you've you've had your your career moments, your high moments, and, and from what it's been said, you know, Vince McMahon thinks very highly of you, you know? And so I look at that and I'm like, man, you have this, this, this global footprint this reach and now you're doing the music and like and it's not even now you've never stopped doing the music never stop it's just now you're putting more of an emphasis like hey i'm 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 going all in you know so like still entertaining it's just another <laughs> branch <laughs> so what is the goal would you say with with you know now with the music versus 10 years ago 20 years ago um i got the right I got the right team, dog. I got the right producer, man, slash manager, Jay Trikes, dog. He took my music, um, and he had a sustain to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, my music was now, it was 
okay, it was good. People like my music and that. They love my shit now. Yeah. He uh pretty much re recap, rescope. It's almost like a sculpture shit, though, the way he was doing. Nah, say that shit like this. Nah, do that shit like that. Oh, how you feel today? How you feel, you feel like that? You want some crunk? You want some hard? Like, we we vibe in the studio and make songs just off natural energy of how we feel. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I've never worked like that before. So it's like, being around the right energy with me, I think timing plays a big part of everybody's fucking life and career. The timing, you know what I'm saying? Meeting the right producer, meet, getting the right sounds, getting the right yeah. songs, getting the right at the right stage and time. What, four, five years ago, I was running shit up. Forbes Magazine did a um, write-up about it. 24-7 time, it wasn't time. Probably had to gain a little bit more viewers, a little bit more audience, but now is the time. Ain't no better time than right now. I wanna have fun real quick. I know we've talked about this before, but you know, I, I gotta ask again, uh, obviously this is something that you absolutely love to do. This is something that you're, you're, you're going all in with. But I've asked you about the boys backstage and saying, you know, obviously you're, you're in the business. How many times have you guys broken into a cipher? Is there uh, anybody that we know that has that might have bars that we didn't know? Let me let me find out. Rand, Randy Orton could spit. You know what I mean? Like um, who are some of the guys that could rap backstage? That just even if it's just for fun, man. I know the Usos. Um, when Cena was there, we had this thing called um, the Jump Off, and everybody would rap, even. Chad, the referee. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. everybody that was on our bus had to do uh, four bars or eight bars, any kind of rap, just do the jump off, get on the thing. But the Usos, they, they um, they're my boys. They, I heard around the way. Up. I heard around the way. Small Joe got some some. Small Joe, Miss Small Joe would do that shit in the room, dog, in the hotel room. <laughs> yes. We were yeah. doing the hotel room for some more. He'll, he'll, he'll spit something for you too. Is there anybody that we don't know that just other than the referee that you would never expect? Like, yo. This guy spit a rap. The Usos. The, I, but I but not the, many motherfuckers man. will come into the jump off. Hey, but I would see the I see the Usos on TV. I believe it. You believe that, right? Yeah, well, I, I see. That. Yeah, but yeah. not not many people want to come get in on the jump off. <laughs> yeah. They watch. They, they would rather watch it. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned John Cena. There was a rumor sometime back that you guys had y'all's issues, oh, man. man. What was that so about? Man. I mean, I just want to know. You know what I mean? Just for the viewers. You know. As a matter of fact, I just talked to Conan, man. Um, when I was in Canada, I was with Ray. Right with Ray and Dom, and we called Conan because I hadn't talked to him in a while. <laughs> and um, Conan was the reason for that, dog. <laughs> I landed, this was after I did this, the diss song about them and all that. I was mad, I was going through my thing. <laughs> and um, I did a diss song and put it on YouTube and like got little views on it. Well, John Cena landed in Charlotte and I was taking off. And we li- literally saw each other and did that and we passed on, kept going. So when I got to, uh, I was leaving when I got to TV. I said, man, John Cena was there, uh, at the airport. They were like, oh, really? What happened? I said, no, we just spoke to each other, and that was about it. Immediately, somebody said, hey, I heard John Cena was in Charlotte, y'all uh, thing, and y'all passed by you. I said, who told you that? And Conan was like, uh, bro, people are going away disappointed. Like, you have to build this story up a little bit more. <laughs> I said, bro, that's what happened. He said, no. He said, I'll show you how to build it up. Kept walking on through. Hey, Truth, was you and um, John Cena in the same airport? <laughs> I was like, dog, he came through Charlotte and I was leaving out. We just waved and that was it. Conan goes, but did you tell him about when you pushed him though? Tell him that part. <laughs> I said, I didn't push John. He's Ronnie's not though. He don't want to tell you. He pushed him and he said, motherfucker, come on. I said, bro, don't go spreading that. And dog, before you know it, it was all the way around that. We had this big beef thing the whole nine, dog. It was not oh, Conan. Did John T never acknowledge that though? Never acknowledged it. Uh, actually, when I signed back to the company, uh, Cena was the big dog. Um, 
And everybody was waiting for us to come to meet face to face. Everybody was waiting. They knew I had signed back. Um, and the boys are so crazy, man. Umaga, man. R.I.P. Umaga, yeah. man. He got me to come back, and um, even he was in the locker room. When I got to the locker room, dog, all the boys were sitting down, just like watching. <laughs> Cena was in the bathroom. And so when I came in, I didn't know this, man. They all sitting there waiting. And when he came in, he looked. He said, we're not going to have any problems, are we? I said, man, hell no. I'm on your ship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like, and we clapped into that. The whole locker room went, ah, oh, man, shit. <laughs> yeah, what y'all expect, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just those rumors. Let me ask you something. So, you know, I saw this documentary that WWE put out recently, and it was for Black History Month, and they were highlighting Bobby Lashley, Big E, and Kofi Kingston. And in that, Kofi Kingston cited you as one of his influences for breaking into the business. Now, yeah. this is a two-part question because obviously much love and respect to Kofi Kingston. He's paved his own legacy. Right. But to know that you have been a big influence on someone like that, and not only him, but other, you know, other pro wrestlers that are broken into the business, how does that make you feel first and foremost? Man, it's um it's an honorable feeling, man. It's um you don't have words for that. Especially to know how talented uh a guy like Kofi is and other uh, aspiring wrestlers that I gave him that, I mean, you can't even like, you can't even come up with the right words for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It just makes uh, everything make sense to you now. I don't know if during the time that you were breaking into the business that you realized that in a sense you were trailblazing. You were starting to pave the way for other people to break into the business like a Kofi King. Didn't know it though. You know, and, and now you you're looking back in your your pro wrestling career, you know, 20 plus years in, all accomplishments aside, it's like you've done a lot. You know, a lot. Just to be here now, 2022, right, right, like right, right. you know, a few days away from WrestleMania, being part of another event. I mean, that's a big deal. And you know, I I know that I'm sure you appreciate every, you know, you appreciate it, but I would say you being a pro wrestler now where you're seeing these guys that didn't get the chance before, and now you're starting to see more representation amongst black champions. How does that make you feel in regards to that? Because it wasn't always like that, man. Right. And I don't want to play the race card, but I know that you know that there was probably a lot of, right, right. In, in territories, there was a lot of that that existed, whether it was right. racism, right. Or, or maybe you experienced some of that stuff. Right. I just kind of want to get your input on that. Man, I'm proud, man. The grounds have been stomped on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm glad I was able to be one of the ones that um, broke through the barriers and stand firm to represent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, to be, in, I, I be, in, I'm inspired by inspiring other people. That that that's what light my fuel and keep me going. Um, there's a lot of that. It's gonna be around, man. It's gonna be around. It's gonna be everywhere. Uh, pro wrestling is a whole different beast. It's its own little world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And any black that can come up in this business and persevere have consistency, know you're gonna make sacrifices, be dedicated, and, and don't quit, bro, you can do this shit. The name of the show's called Not The Beats Experience. I wanna know a little bit more about what it, you know, what advice you would give to somebody that's not only trying to break into pro wrestling, it could be into music, it could be into entertainment in general. What are some of the things that you would say that played a big part, because you just kind of touched on it, but you know, what would have played a big part into having long-term sustained success? Um, always be able to reinvent yourself. Be able to 
accept criticism, be able to um, be ready for sacrificing a lot of your time, um, ready for a lot of good, be ready for the bad, and most of all, be consistent with yourself. Be true to your art, your craft. To perfect it and be a professional at it, you have to perfect it. You have to like constantly work at it, work on it, and just be into what you're doing. And learn to be your own cheerleader because everybody ain't gonna support your shit. Cheer for your damn self. In terms of pro wrestling, before we leave that, how much time do you feel like you can give that before you're like, you know what? I've done my time. I'm ready to just branch off and do acting and do, you know, uh, just straight music. Uh, how, uh, you know, do you have an answer for that question? I don't. That's not. That's you're gonna, not I my, think you're gonna go for to your seventy. No, you know, I ride that shit. The wheels fall off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think they're gonna fall off though. Right. You and know, I be riding that bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> saying yeah. Uh, as far as the project, you just got a new project out, Legacy. Uh, that's by the way, for those that haven't heard Legacy, that's actually my favorite song that you have. After really? That. That's my yeah. one of mine too, man. Nah, I'm not that shit, song. Nah, yeah. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna let you tell me otherwise. That is my favorite song Legacy, off the project because yeah. it, it represents you. It does. And I feel that, you know, in 2022, I see more of you getting the universal respect that I feel that you've always deserved, right? Yes, appreciate so, that. And right? I feel Legacy embodies that record. Uh, but let's talk about the project. It's right. been out how long now? Uh, what, three months? If that three months? Extremely proud of the project. Yeah, man, it's doing good. Good numbers worldwide. Um, the videos we got, man, um, the visions, all has been me and tracks, dog. It's been... Just me and him putting all it together from every song from legacy to respect to uh, I'm gonna get right to out the window to umbrella to everything has been me and him, man. Just visualize. Actually, we got like <laughs> a lot of projects. We got about 30 or 40 songs, but this legacy EP is just, we actually said, you know what? We're just gonna give them a little bit of this shit we got. Mm. So this is just an eye opener right here. What, what can we expect musically next? Oh, you expect the whole fucking full fledged. <laughs> the whole. Man, you said we you had a country time. record? Bro, I got a country song. We about, I think we're going to drop that shit next, right? We got the country song. Um, I don't know if I should get a name of it. Should I get a name? Barnyard Flexing. <laughs> I'm Barnyard Flexing. I ain't going to do more of it. Man, Barnyard, we got that. We got a rock slash metal song. Yeah. What about collaboration? Do you plan to collaborate with I'm any open other to creators? I'm know? open. I'm open to them. We, we are we're different open to them, man. It's um that's how you get shit out. That's how you get uh you get that crossover. That's how you get that, get a little bit of my audience, I get a little bit of mine, you know what I'm saying? Like last question. Are you familiar with the internet resting community? Do you know what that means? No. So there's this community of people called the internet resting community, right? It's mm -hmm. just a group of people that just get on the internet and try to create these dirt sheets, talk about what's going to happen next and pro wrestling and whatnot. So I did my research mm -hmm. and I said, what is the one question that everybody wants to ask Ron Killings? What is that? Pro wrestling related. What is that? It's interesting, believe it or not. You're not going to see this coming. Something about that little Jimmy shit. No, it's actually not about little Jimmy. Wow. <laughs> it was actually about a comment you made about CM Punk. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to get clarity on this because I wanted to know a little bit for the, you know, I gotta, I gotta give the IWC a little bit of what they want. So I want to give them that question. Right. What's the, what's the spill with you and CM Punk? Was there, cause you, you never, may I add, Ron, you never, I've never seen you jump out of character, call anybody out. I never do that. 
but you did it. It's <laughs> weird when it. I do that to people, dog. I was like, I, yeah. I, I heard it. I played hit him up as soon as I saw it. <laughs> I went to the Rock yeah. Kidding's playlist. I played hit him up. You know? Yes, man. It's um, man, it's crazy. Man, I don't, I don't like for nobody to put my name in no bullshit. Mm. And um, me and Punk cool, but um, he had said, uh, what did he say? I can't remember what he said. I think it was something about him and Edge said kind of Edge said something about he don't count the twenty four seven title blah blah. And I said I didn't count your titles either. So what did Punk say? I'll tell you exactly what I said. What did he say? I think it was something in regards to like drawing. I don't know. It was, it was the program. I don't remember. It was about, was it about a program? Oh, it was about he don't understand why uh, WWE had to let Miz and Truth exactly about beat, Cena and Cena and Rock beat right? them. Yeah. No, beat him and um, oh yeah 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 to beat him yeah I remember and that. I think we was harder than you at that time that's why <laughs> yeah. and that was pretty much it dog it was but I guess just for somebody like me with my character to come back at somebody like that yeah. in almost a negative way because I'm I'm the this net that's bro I'm still me at the end of the day you know what I'm saying like you yeah. gonna say no bullshit about me on that and I don't come back I am a clapbacker. and it depends on when sometimes I ignore shit or whatever yeah. but I will clap back sometimes and we cool. Yeah, there's no beef with you and Punk. No beef with me and Punk, but we cool. I beat him, so we, me and Miz beat him because we was hotter than him at that time. <laughs> now, Punk, Punk has gotten the push and done all this shit, everything, man, but like, we were hotter than you at that time. That was all that was. Just so you guys know, there's your answer. Now, with that no being beef. said, Ron, such an honor to have you here. I uh, appreciate it. You know, we got it, a lot of work to do. We got a big show coming up. You know, I'm excited to see you on stage. Can't we got the, the Legacy Project out right now on Spotify, Apple Music. You guys make sure to stream it. Barnyard Flexing should be out soon. It's coming. Make sure to purchase this merchandise, by the mm, way. Like, this is oh, yeah, clean merchandise perch. right here, man. Yeah, you know? see that? Yeah, I see this brand new fresh off the presses, man. This is my Still man. Male fresh. This is my man, the legend, the one and only Ron Killings. I was gonna pull a prank on him, but I didn't get a chance to, you know. What you gonna do? I, I'll tell you right now. Y'all tune in, nothing beats experience. This is the one and only Ron Killings, aka R Truth. <laughs>